0: To reflections from WT the heart and soul of the Texas Panhandle I'm your host Randy Ray and you are listening to a very special episode for this episode dr. Walter Windler came to one of my classes and let them ask whatever they wanted to here's how it went well my name is Mathena Washington and I'm a junior here at WT and who are your favorite architects or your biggest influences Oh, interesting. Thanks. I, I, most people know, I think, that I am an architect. I was trained as an architect at Texas A&M and the University of California, Berkeley. My my favorite architect um, of all time is probably uh, Lou Kahn. Um, he did a number of really great buildings, but my favorite building uh, that he did in North America is the Kimball Art Museum in uh, Fort Worth. It's a great building, and the reason I love it is there's a certain amount of precision in it. It's a very, um, it's a highly crafted building. It's like a watch, uh, and the addition to it that was just recently done a few years ago has those same features about it, so I really like that. I like the precision, yet it's filled with big ideas, uh, so it's, uh, that's what I like. Hi, Dr. Windler. Uh, My name is David Davis. I'm from Panhandle, Texas. Uh, I'm a senior here at WT. And uh, the question that I had is, uh, how did, I guess, your family life impact the decisions that you made along the way? How's my family life? Well, I've tried to be um, conscious of my family life. When I was in Baton Rouge, I had a full-time practice. I taught at LSU for six years, and I had a full-time practice there and also taught. And one day I came home from the office on a Saturday afternoon from the practice office at about five o'clock in the afternoon. My wife uh, said to me, uh, there's some kids in the living room. Uh, you might want to go in and see them. So I went there as my two sons, Walter and Bradley. And I came back, I said, what's the deal? And uh, she said, I just want you to look at them because the way it's going, they're going to be old and out of the house before you even remember who they are. Because I was working so much. I was busy at the office and busy at school. And from that day, uh, over the next six or seven months, I made a decision that I I had. I told Mary, I said, you know, I'm going to pick and just do one thing and put myself kind of fully commit to it. And it was either practice or teaching, but not both. I chose uh, teaching immediately started looking for another job because it was going to be a way to, in a sense, break off. Uh, my relationship with LSU and also my relationship with my partner in a very positive way and it turned out that I got a job at Texas A&;M from where I had graduated nine years before so it was uh, it all worked out very nicely and allowed me to focus uh, more attention on my at the time young sons and that worked reasonably well but that is a constant battle randy faces it every day and even when there's only two people left in the family which is what mary and i have now it's still a battle to keep the priorities correct between work and family life i had more mary before i had the job she was my wife i'll have her hopefully long after i have this job and any other job so it's important to keep those things in balance Hi, Dr. Windler. My Hi. name is Benjamin Bermudez. I am a junior here at WT. And my question is, uh, what was your main inspiration behind the podcast? Well, that's a great question. And, and uh, knowing Randy was uh, helpful in kind of moving in the direction we've moved with the podcast But my sense is that public education is a public good, it's a public commodity, and I think people uh, in communities, especially around regional universities like West Texas A&M University, want to know what's going on at the institution. We're a large employer, we have a a $70 million annual uh, payroll, which is a huge annual payroll. I don't know how we stack up against other industries, but it's a big payroll, and people in the community want to know that we're doing our job we're looking ahead we're planning not just a few feet in front of us but miles ahead and trying to understand the future of WT and its impact on the on the Panhandle we just finished an economic impact study where it was ascertained that uh, nearly $750 million per year is considered to be uh, WT's um, contribution to local economic development. That's important to know. So I think sharing the kind of the intentions and where the university wants to go is of interest to people even if they're not attending college or don't have children or brothers or sisters or spouses who are attending college because we're an important part of the community and I think the way to do that we can't always get a lot of what we do is not hard news it's a kind of a process that we work through that's what these podcasts let us share and the way it's working is uh, I think very nice because people are listening to the podcast of course we keep track of all that and And the listenership, if that's the correct uh, correct word, it it tends to grow uh, as we go along. Part of that is Randy's uh, deft analysis and his uh, easy uh, personal relationship with whoever he's talking to. And Johnny, uh, Johnny's story, kind of behind the scenes, making all the pieces fit together. So those things, that's the ingredients for this. And I think people want to know about the university. Um, And I'm pleased to help share as much as I can about it. My name is Samuel Pedraza. I'm from Amarillo, Texas, and I'm a senior here at WT. And my question for you is, what is the weirdest thing you've ever discussed on your podcast? The weirdest thing I've ever discussed on the podcast. <laughs> Gosh, I'm not sure. You know, some things might be weird to listeners. Let me try to think of a... Uh, of, uh, well, I'll tell you one that was, uh, that was not so much weird, but interesting to me. Um and I, now I can't even say his name because I always call him Cash. Uh, Randy knows who I'm talking to talking about. He's a student. And listening to his uh, story, his testimony about his own life came from a, a challenging background. A lot of people would have folded up the tent and, and went home. He didn't do that. Came through. Uh, I think he came through Boys Ranch. Randy, if that's correct, nod your head. I think he was. He's not even listening. But anyway, if it was, I think he came through Boys Ranch uh, and worked uh, diligently as a student there, and now is here, and he's a successful student who has committed himself to uh, to getting a good education, and he has one. And uh, it's not so much that it was weird, but it was just uh, heartwarming to see what happens when the power of a university education is levied in an individual's life. It changed the trajectory of his life, and it will change the trajectory of those around him because he's such an inspiration. So I weird's probably not the right word for that, but it was moving to me and uh, very... Uh, It made me think, gosh, this is worth doing, and I hope people listen to this young man because he's a first-generation student who really came out of a difficult and challenging background and uh, made things work. Hi, Dr. Wendler. My name is Cesar Escalante. I'm a junior from San Antonio, Texas, and my question to you is um, how do you feel about the recent ban on vaping and what do you plan to do to execute it? Well, I think it's a good band. Before you leave the microphone, though, I'm going to ask you a question. If turnabout is fair play, what brought you here from San Antonio? Why not uh, um, UTSA or Texas A&M San Antonio? Why WT? Well, when I was doing my research on where I wanted to go, i um, coming from a bigger city. I wanted something with more of a community feel, um, a, little, a little bit smaller uh, family feel. And this is where when I came and toured it, that's that's something you that, got that feeling yes sir yeah. i got that feeling yeah that's powerful and that's a great reason to be here we have values not better or worse but different than than many many of the uh, metropolitan areas in the state of Texas because we still have in a sense community values uh, focused on things that are important to many many people and they're alive they're values with legs we try to live those things out we're a performance based culture so that's a, a good reason to be here. Now, tell me what your question was again. Uh, Sorry, I forgot. It was, um, how do you feel about the recent ban on vaping and what do you plan to do to execute it further? Okay, we the ban on, on uh, vaping and to some extent smoking, and that's being, uh, being uh, deliberated right now, I think it's important. I don't think we understand fully the uh, health risks of uh, vaping, number one. And, and number two, uh, I work for... Uh, John Sharp and the Board of Regents of the Texas A&M University System and they think this ban is a good idea so even if I was a vapor or a smoker myself I would probably say well the people I work with want this and we're going to implement it But, and I used to be a smoker, and I'll tell you, one of the greatest accomplishments of my life was quitting smoking. I'm kind of a type A personality, and when I smoked, I had a cigarette in each hand, uh, and there was a third one burning in the ashtray. That's just the way it was. And uh, I'll tell you what, I look back with glee on the day, many years ago now, when I finally quit smoking, and I tried for years. So... I'm a reformed smoker, uh, and uh, I, I really do think if we can help people get away from that, there's absolutely no downside from a health perspective. It's all up. So I'm supportive of, of it, and I think it's a good idea. West Texas A&M University is a student body that learns by doing and is always seeking opportunity. Talented and accomplished faculty that teach both in and out of the classroom. Programs that provide timeless information and meet the challenges of today's world. Facilities rich in technology as well as WT history. Now is the time to strengthen connections and open doors for tomorrow's leaders. Share your experience, share your heritage, share your pride. Hello Doctor, I'm Rafael Flores. I'm a transfer from Amarillo College and I just wanted to ask you, what is your favorite part of the President's House and why? Well, let me tell you, it's not the roof. It's been leaking like a sieve oh, when we had this. And I mean, it's a mess. I mean, in two different rooms that are about as far apart as, as you can get, it's not the roof. Uh, but um, Pro came over and uh, immediately responded and uh, got the leaks to stop, I think. And uh, we're looking forward to getting all that fixed. That's my least favorite part. My most favorite part is the living room. If you, I don't know if anybody's been in the living room, if any of you have been, but the living room is, uh, I'm an architect, the living room is beautiful it's big which is not what makes it beautiful what makes it beautiful is in my mind is it's got what i call trilateral daylighting it's got daylight on three sides windows on three sides of it and it puts a soft glow in the room uh that is really nice during the daytime and the way it's configured there's very seldom harsh sunlight in there but there's always a nice uh in the room that I like very much and it does happen to be large and it's got seating in the middle that you can walk all the way around and everything it's very nice the house is a very nice house my wife and I are thankful to be there and and the, the leak and roof will get taken care of and uh, I know we're in good hands with all that but uh, the living room is the is the nicest part of the house. One of the downsides in it is you don't have any real neighbors. Uh, and both Mary and I come from fairly dense neighborhoods in New York. They're suburban neighborhoods, but they're pretty dense. And when we were growing up, the neighbors talked to each other. Most of them didn't have air conditioning, so you could hear them at night. Uh, sometimes they yell at each other, and you could hear it from outside. But that was all part of it. And that's all gone now, so I miss the neighborliness of having, if there's people next door, of getting to know them and everything. Uh, but it's a it's a great place to live. We like it very much, but especially that living room. Hello, Dr. Windler. Uh, my name is Will Amos, and I'm a senior from Panhandle, Texas. And my question to you is, how do you think the homecoming uh, weekend event went? Well, I was very pleased with it. Actually, every in my mind, every weekend that we play football, the... The uh, power of that, the exuberance of the event goes up and up. Uh, and I know that a lot of people that were not sure about moving from Kimbrough Stadium, which I understand. Uh, there was a lot of uh, a lot of energy and memories and relationships that were established at uh, Kimbrough Stadium. I get that. But there's going to be more energy, more relationships, and more good memories that get established at Kimbrough. Uh, the new Buffalo Stadium over time, and it's going to take some time. And I'm thankful that Canyon ISD has taken over Kimbro. We're still playing football there. They've already made some major improvements. They moved the scoreboard. They took away the south berm, which was you know this don't this uh, mountain that you had to go over to get in. That's all gone. You can walk in from the parking lot now. And there'll be more and more improvements there. And I think it's going to be very good for them. And what? ISD can do that A&M, that West Texas a cannot do is they can go each couple of years and, and uh, get more money from bond issues and so on to do the uh, improvements incrementally. We can't do that. We, with us, it's all or none. We, we, the, the, the system will not allow us to take a, a $40 million project and take $4 million a year for 10 years. We can't do that. So doing the new thing all at one time worked for us, Taking the old Kimbrough Stadium and making it new one year at a time works like a charm for Canyon ISD. And this is still about homecoming. It's about relationships, and the great benefit. And this has been my contention, uh, which and it was also uh, President O'Brien's contention before me that having the football program, the football stadium on campus, would add a lot of life to the campus on weekends. And it's early to tell, but it sure feels that way right now. And people in the community are just uh, very, very complimentary about how it all works, and I'm I'm thankful for that. I think it really does mark uh, WT. And if you'll notice in the uh, in the south end zone on the field, there's always a, a number of chairs. Last time I think there were 150 people out there. Those are visiting students and their families. If they come for a WT day on a home saturday, a home game Saturday. We get them on the field and have them sit down there and watch football, and I think to be in the middle of all that is a is a very special experience that you can't do at uh, large institutions, much larger than we are, and it's very difficult to do at smaller institutions where it has the impact, and we're right in the middle there, and I think homecoming isn't is. Uh, I use the word emblematic to describe this to somebody uh, this morning. It's emblematic of what happens when you bring people onto the campus and get them to, uh, you know, to be excited about WT and also see the beautiful campus, get to meet with deans and faculty and all of that. It's 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 really a great uh, opportunity. So I'm thankful for it. And I think it's headed. I think it's headed in the right direction. Dr. Windler my name is Hallie Reed and I'm from Clovis New Mexico and I'm a senior here at WT and I was wondering after visiting all of or most of the high schools in the Texas panhandle what knowledge did you gain from that and how can that knowledge be applied here at the university that's a great question and and I, I did visit in the top 26 counties every high school not most of them every one of them there's none that I haven't been to and um uh, When somebody says they're from Panhandle, I think, well, I've been to the high school. Uh, As a matter of fact, if they're a sophomore from Panhandle, maybe a junior, I would have met them probably at the school. Uh, What that did, and I had no idea, actually, and I'm willing to say this, I didn't know what I was doing when I started that thing. I didn't know how much work it was going to be or what the value was going to be. What happened for me, though, was I got a chance to meet people from the panhandle where they lived, students and families and school administrators and school teachers, to better better understand what their expectations of uh, the university, of West Texas A&M University, what their expectations uh, were and are and will be. So it was very powerful learning experience for me. And uh, it's like I said in the beginning, a public university has a public responsibility to share with people, especially around it at a regional university like WT, what we do and why we do it and how it might uh, benefit the community. And uh, that tour was very successful. As a matter of fact, it's been so successful. Now I've started doing Region 17, which is the South Plains. And I've been to uh, just a few less than 20. I'm not even sure how many schools I've been to, but about 20. And I'm, uh, that is reinforcing, kind of giving me another jolt of energy about what's important, about knowing the people of the Panhandle and the South Plains, and I'm, I'm thankful for it. Uh, I could tell story after story. I won't do it, uh, but we'd be here until sunset. Uh, and uh, there's just so many interesting stories that you hear when you're out there. Hello, Dr. Winlick. My name is Remington Ricketts. I'm a sophomore from Floydada High School. Um, and kind of expanding on WT-125, I wanted to ask, uh, what do you hope the downtown WT campus will lead to for WT-125? Okay, so the downtown uh, WT campus, we refer to it uh, as the Amarillo Center. uh uh, and a number of other ways, but that campus extends the reach of our university into the into the uh, the downtown area of uh, of Amarillo. We think it's very important, uh, and we're thankful for the opportunity to be there. Uh, many of you may know, we're considering moving our nursing program uh, in the last two years. They. The nursing program is split up into basically a two plus two program. The first two years more general studies and basic sciences than the last two of the professional courses in nursing and we want the last two years down there nearer the, to the hospitals and uh, Dean Nelson, Dirk Nelson of the College of uh, Nursing is going to move his office down there so he'll be there all the time. What's what's valuable about this as opposed to past efforts is we're putting programs down there lock, stock and barrel. The whole program will be there. It used to be that that we would offer courses, you know, one at a time or two at a time courses, but you couldn't take a whole program down there. Now the faculty will be there. That's their home. Uh, and uh, the leadership of the nursing school will be there, especially the professional program in nursing, the RN program. And I think that's very, very important. So I think it's and I think it's good for downtown because uh, we now have about 150 students and faculty down there. When we move the nursing program, we'll have nearly 500 faculty and students down there every day right in the heart of Amarillo. My name is Kenzie Roberts. I'm from Amarillo, Texas, and I'm a senior this year. Um, And I would like to ask you, looking at the goals set in WT 125, which goal are you most looking forward to accomplishing? That's a great question. My uh, my. The guiding principle in that plan for me is how do we create a regionally uh, responsive research university. Uh, We think that's very important because there are problems in the Texas panhandle, challenges that if we can solve them here, the solutions will be transportable to the larger world. I'll give you, we're working for example right now on water issues which any of you from the Panhandle understand how important water and its conservation and utilization and extraction and all of that is to the Panhandle and we just received a, a pretty significant grant, a million dollar grant to begin to focus on issues that that tie together water engineering how to irrigate, how to Purify. How to take care of water. How to reuse, conserve, and agriculture because it's ag that uses 90% of the water that's used in the in the Texas Panhandle. Shortening your shower time or how long you wash your hands or putting a brick in the toilet. You guys didn't do that, but your parents did. Uh, You put a brick in the toilet. It uses less per flush. Now they charge extra for that. Uh, They just (laughs) reduced it. But the bottom line is. That is, uh, that's, no pun intended, a drop in the bucket. The serious water uh, uh, savings and so on are gonna come from a refreshed view of how the ag industry uses water. And between agriculture and engineering, we're gonna address those problems. And here's the issue. That's not just a problem in the Texas Panhandle. It's a problem in 20 other locations in America and hundreds of locations around the globe. It's a global problem. That's why that WT-125 says uh, the title, it's full title, WT-125 from the Panhandle to the World. We can solve those problems here with very focused research agendas and then transport those solutions to give a wider range of influence and impact for WT by addressing the needs of the home folks first. And that's what I want to do. Um, Hello, Dr. Wendler. Uh, My name is Aaron Chinda. I'm a junior. I was born in Africa, but grew up in Fort Worth. Um, This question is more about yourself. What kind of music do you like listening to? Thanks. I, I, uh, thanks Aaron. I appreciate that. I, uh, my favorite all-time musician and singer and songwriter is Ralph Stanley. How many? How many people know who I'm talking about? <laughs> one other old man. <laughs> yeah, Randy is probably the only one. He is. Uh, he writes and sings. He was. Uh, he made himself well known in a certain um, kind of evangelical, the uh, evangelical Christian community, and the music. And I say this if it was handed here, it's painful to listen to. It is, uh, it's, uh, my wife, my wife can't stand it. I have to put it on the, put it on the radio, not on the radio, but on Pandora um, when she's not there. But I love it because it's music from the heart about something that means something to, uh, to Mr. Stanley and his cohort, uh, even though uh, it's not the easiest stuff in the world to listen to. But that's, that's you asked me, that's my favorite guy. Good evening, Dr. Wendler. Yes, sir. My name is Lorenzo Barnett, and I'm from Arlington, Texas. And uh, I wanted to know, what is something that you do every day that is for you and not for the university? Well, I do a couple of things. I try to exercise every every day, but that doesn't always work. I know it's not going to work tonight. It's just, it's just not going to work. Uh, but that's how I end my waking, kind of my waking day. I try to do that late in the day uh, before I kind of wind down for the evening. I open God's word every morning. That's 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 me, that's who I am, and that's what I do. And I do it for me. Uh, hopefully some of that bleeds out, uh, you know, and, and has a positive impact on other people, but that's what I do, and it's mine. It's all mine. Oh, is this the Sidewinder? No, the curveball, the curveball. Hello, Dr. Windler. Uh, my name is Brandon Miner, and I'm from Lubbock, Texas, and I graduated from Lubbock Cooper High School, and I am a junior here at WT. And um, I have a question for you. It's a curveball for sure. Um, If you were to start a band, what would the name of the band be? And what instrument would you want to play in the band? Gosh, that is a curveball. I'm not quite sure. Uh, Yeah, yeah, Dr. Winner and the Administrators. That would be good. That would be true. What instrument would I play? Well, I don't know about that. If I, if I had to sing, I'd be the lead singer. If I uh, was going to play an instrument, don't ask me why. I've never touched one. I used to play the trumpet. I would play the saxophone. I like the saxophone. You can squeeze a lot of stuff out of that thing. For at least the people that I've heard that play it well. Got a lot of emotion, and I like it. Thank you for joining us for Reflections from WT, the Heart and Soul of the Texas Panhandle. Be sure and join us again next time.